0: From the director of the documentary Super Size Me, Morgan Spurlock now brings us what may be the most terrifying documentary of the winter Rats. You've been warned. This is Pop Culture Confidential. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro. Welcome to the show. So director Morgan Spurlock does not shy away from a challenge. Remember his Oscar-nominated documentary, Supersize Me? That's where he ate only McDonald's for a month, at great personal expense to his health. It was a pretty frightening expose of the fast food generation. Well, if you thought that was scary, brace yourself for his latest. And I quote Vulture, This terrifying rat movie will make you want to die, and the Telegraph says that it may be the most disgusting doc of the year. All I can say, they're both right. There are no cute Disney mice here. This is the real deal. It really is more than you ever wanted to know or see about the common rat. Spurlock and his team, among them the director of photography Luca del Pupo, have taken a horror film approach with the lighting and the filming. Rat jump scare, anyone? And with the facts. They traveled from New York City, post-Katrina New Orleans, India, the English countryside, Vietnam and Cambodia. And they show different cultures where rats are either detested, eaten and even worshipped. And the facts are chilling. One of the main interviewees is pest control veteran Ed Sheehan, who smoking his cigar shares stories of his decades of New York City pest control and just how diabolical rats can be. They evolve 10 times faster than humans, so that means they're outsmarting us and getting harder and harder to kill. And they're everywhere, hiding in the ceilings, in the sewers, rummaging through the garbage, and climbing up through your toilet. And they have so many diseases. The scientists doing the autopsies and telling of the diseases is probably the worst. So, with all that said, welcome, Mrs. Spurlock, and thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You have in your film a very interesting expert who calls the rats, I quote, diabolically smart. How is that?
1: They are just incredibly cunning. Rats are, rats are survivors. Rats uh, evolve really quickly. The one thing about rats that uh, I think is fascinating is that they, they evolve 10 times faster than human beings. So you can create a poison for a rat And within, you know, a few generations, they'll already start to develop an immunity to that poison. So uh, they are they are built to survive. They are built to continue to evolve in a way that uh, even we as humans aren't aren't as quick to do.
0: And one of the other things you say in your film is that every action on our part has a reaction on their part. What does that mean?
1: Well, it's if you if you try to trap rats because the thing is rats are incredibly smart. They they learn from their mistakes. So if you do one thing, you set up one trap, you kill one rat, you're never going to catch another rat the same way because rats will ultimately know. Wow, we should avoid this next time, or we shouldn't go here next time. Uh, you know, they'll mark the territory where there were traps so people won't go back, and so. They they learn. They're they are very quick to learn from their environment and you have to you have to outsmart them if you want to beat
0: them. All over the globe, rats are showing poison resistant mutations very, very concerning. It's widespread. Rats evolve ten times faster than humans. Oh my god. And it's made them the most successful species on the planet. If something in a food chain ain't got something above it, we will knock it down. Tell me a little bit about your methods when you started making this movie. How how did you sort of think, how did you film them? How did you actually um, go on location, so to speak?
1: Yeah, well, we we worked with a lot of rat experts to take us into, you know, the creepy crawly spaces that, uh, that we would find rats, whether it be in New York or the sewers of Paris or the streets of Mumbai, the countryside of England. Uh, we had people who would take us to where they were already uh, working with these rat infestations. We were, we were underground in the sewer with, you know, a, a big giant Alexa camera and headlamps and GoPros. And we were filming in the streets of Mumbai with, you know, little small handheld cameras that enabled us to kind of chase the, chase the, uh, the rats and the rat catchers. We had four scope lenses that enabled us to go into the ground, um, and kind of see what was happening inside rat nests and dens. So it was, uh, we, we were pretty checked out to get the, the best footage we could.
0: and thats so, that, that you can see that in the film that you sort of understand the amount of rats there are and how and how unafraid they are of humans just the fact that your film you understand how difficult it is for your film, but they're still coming up to you you're still getting the shot they're not running away they're almost that's coming right. towards you yeah <laughs> they are
1: not as, they, they are probably desensitized to us especially when it comes to survival so it's pretty it's pretty incredible.
0: I'm quite aware of sort of the infestations in the cities, but one of the sort of scariest things in your movies are the scientists doing these sort of autopsies on the diseases that they carry. What surprised you? What are some of the worst things that rats carry?
1: Well, I mean, they carry so many different diseases. I mean, that they can carry millions of viruses on one foot is, you know, unfathomable. And I think that one of the things that I was kind of blown away by is when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, You know, it washed people out of the Ninth Ward. Like, it basically demolished housing, people fled, and then when the water subsided, they didn't come back. But the rats did come back, and the rats came back in droves. So within this area that has now been almost completely deserted by people, there are more rats than there were before. So we had this idea that ultimately rats need us to survive, and they need our communities, our food, everything like that, to, to kind of really prosper. And as you see in this, especially in New Orleans, that's not the case that even when we're gone the rats aren't only there they will still actually multiply and grow in numbers
0: and what are some of the diseases that they carry in sort of the in the big in new york say for example
1: Oh, i mean leptospirosis is a, is probably the biggest one you know leptospirosis which can lead to all sorts of, of infections inside inner bleeding um, organ failure like that this is probably the biggest one hantavirus was a huge one that you know that breakouts in central and south america um, you know, they've also found this in, in parts of Asia, they can carry Ebola, they can carry Zika. It is, it's remarkable, um, because they are great transportation by device, uh, devices for these diseases. They, the diseases most of the time won't actually affect the rodents themselves, only the the people that come in contact with that rodent's feces or that rodent's urine, you know, wherever they may kind of walk and, and drag that, that's usually how it's transmitted and, Uh, The fact that it it won't, it won't harm them over the course of this process is is pretty unbelievable.
0: How much, like in New York, for example, how many people do you know of that actually do get sick from rats?
1: Oh, I mean, very few people. Western, uh, you know, societies with Western medicine and I think really, really uh, top-notch medical systems have the ability to fight this much more. It's when you get into poorer countries, smaller um, areas places that don't quite have the same type of medical establishment where you see more of these problems. There are more outbreaks in smaller cities in India. There are more outbreaks in other, uh, you know, other countries that don't quite have the infrastructure. So, you know, in a place like New York City, it's a very rare thing to see, like, a leptospirosis outbreak.
0: But do people actually get bit? Well,
1: people get bitten all the time. Um, and you probably have a better shot of getting rabies than you do of getting, like, leptospirosis. But I think that, uh, I think that you know, the, they have done a good job in New York City, whether it be the health department or um, the actual treatment that happens if someone does become injured at hospitals to kind of deal with any potential outbreak situation. Anyone here
0: have been bit by rat? Oh... I've only been bitten once. Those front teeth are just razor sharp. Yep. Rats coming out of this catch basin across the street. You can yep. see them yeah, coming, that. going. Oh my God. Twelve o'clock. Oh rats yeah, right in. there. Yeah, There's two, one. three. One. Oh my gosh. Quite a few of them. Oh. One, two, three. Oh God. Oh God.
1: You want to stay back a little.
0: You have an amazing um, exterminator who had worked for many decades in your movie. Tell me a little bit about him, about his his sort of life in the business.
1: Yeah, he's been in the business now. It'll be 50 years next year, and the guy is... I wanted somebody in the film who could be kind of my Quint. You know, Quint is the is the guy in on Jaws? the orca in Jaws. The, that's the salty fisherman Robert Shaw who basically tells you... 200 men went into the water and the (laughs) sharks came and sat on them. Like you wanted that guy who could tell you the horror stories of being an exterminator in New York of the rat history that he's seen. And so we started asking around New York and people, everybody started telling us, you know, no matter where they were, they're like, Oh, you got to talk to Ed Sheehan. Ed Sheehan's been doing this forever. You got to talk to Ed. And so we, we finally called Ed Sheehan after multiple people, you know, kind of suggested him. We went out, met with him. I sat down kind of told him about the movie and, he had, he told me some stories about being a being a rat, excuse me, being a rat catcher, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is our guy! <laughs> like Ed Sheehan is our guy. He is uh, he's such a character. He's such a good storyteller, and he's somebody who's seen it all. And that's somebody that you kind of want, uh, you know, in a movie like this. And so he became our our crypt keeper, if you will, you know, the guy who kind of weaves through the story to help set up what we had just seen or what we're about to see.
0: They say in New York City, there's a rat for every person. I think there's more.
1: I spent 40
0: years out there working as an exterminator. I got to respect them. They jump out, I'm jumping back. Rats are basically down in the sewers. They can swim up. Rat, when he bites you, he twists. They're just too damn smart. It's becoming harder and harder to kill them.
1: End of winter, it's rat reproduction season. You put the rodenticide inside the bait box. Our elected officials do things half-assed. If you just put poison down, it ain't happening.
0: What What surprised you or shocked you the most of his stories of his quint quint stories?
1: Oh, I mean, I think there's so many. I think the you know the things that, the trials that he did with the food, where he would see how the rats would kind of grow in numbers if he just you know left them alone, and how they because rats multiply exponentially. Like rats can have anywhere from six to eight or six to 10 pups in a litter. Um, and then they can have another litter every six weeks. They can actually be pregnant with another batch of pups while they're still nursing the first batch. So they can, uh, they can just create children at an, at a, at an alarming rate. And so he talks about how the numbers grew and grew and grew. And then he took the food away and then slowly they started eating other rats. They started eating the baby rats. Uh, they started killing each other like that rats are out for survival. And, uh, and you know his stories i think really help reinforce that in the movie
0: right right and and i think it's he who says that the future of the rat is bright so one understands that they go what do you think that's like city officials should be doing what should what should the world be doing if anything
1: well the biggest the, the most well the biggest thing of uh, controlling all of this you know in new york city and stockholm and london you know all these big cities put garbage out at night you know it's like these big cities there's so many people that live here that they put garbage bags out on the street. You know, there's not a way. There's got to be a better way to deal with that situation because what we're doing is, as Bobby Corgan says in the movie, is every night we're just providing them a buffet. And why would rats ever leave if we're basically just giving them, you know, this food every single night? So until we learn how to really control the garbage situation in these cities, we're always going to have rats.
0: You did some extensive traveling um, for this movie. What are your sort of thoughts on how other other do other cultures that you met um, see rats differently?
1: Well, I mean, what you start to realize with this film, and you know, as we traveled around the planet, we were, you know, of course, we were in New York and New Orleans, but then we were in India. We were in uh, Rajasthan as well as, as Mumbai. We were in Vietnam. We were in Cambodia. We were in France. We were in uh, the rural countryside of England. You start to realize that this is not just a city epidemic. Like there are rats everywhere, and it's a global epidemic. You know, no matter where you go, there are these, these creatures. And you start to realize that uh, no matter what you do, they're going to exist somewhere, somehow. So you're never going to completely eradicate them. I think it starts to become how do you control them? how do you control the population so they don't become a danger or the infestation doesn't start to become a problem to children, to communities. I mean, I think that's the, that's the thing that you start to see that everybody deals with this, but everybody deals with it in different ways.
0: How would you, um, Morgan react today? If you see a rat in like say in your apartment,
1: I mean, if I saw one in my apartment, I would be very, very unhappy because, <laughs> uh, I've spent a lot of money trying to make sure I don't have rats in my apartment. So I think that, uh, I think I'd be very upset. I think I'd call my landlord. I'd be like, um, why is this a uh, giant rat in my apartment? What's going on? So, um, you know, and I, have seen rats in my apartment over the years and I, I, finally, I think I live in an apartment that should be a rat free zone. So I don't get as freaked out about rats. My wife on the other hand would have a meltdown if she saw a rat in our apartment. So, uh, I think if, if we did see one, it would be up to me to kind of take care of that problem.
0: But would you know what to do now after making this extensive film? (laughs) Oh,
1: I mean, if I, if I was able to corner him, I could, I could be like a night rat killer, and I could like whack him with a stick, you know, and take care of him. Or I can capture him in a net and, you know, snap his little neck like those guys. But most likely, uh, the rats in New York City are very quick. They won't be that slow to like sit around and, and wait for you. So I would most likely have to, uh, Call a professional. I'd call. I'd call Ed Sheehan and have him come over and bring some traps and take care of it.
0: Can I just a- ask you one question? You make a lot of movies where, where you're sort of um, uh, with some big questions for for all of our society, so to speak. When you made Super Size Me, um, you ate well, the movie where you ate McDonald's for only a month. Af- after this movie, which Hughes b- a huge blockbuster, did you notice any change these past years on the part of, for example, McDonald's?
1: I mean, I think all the fast food companies. I feel like all the fast food companies, you know, that had to pivot um, on the deals of that film or fast food nation, the book by Eric Schlosser Mm -hmm. um, to address kind of what they were feeding people or kind of the reaction to the public that it should be better for them. So I feel like you saw a lot of reaction from folks after that movie of we have to try and change the businesses. Now, is it better? I don't know if I'd say the food's better. I think that, you know, suddenly there are salads there now, which that's a positive thing, but I don't know if the food's ultimately better. Hello, may I help you? Yeah, could I get the double quarter pounder with cheese meal? I think I'm
0: going to have to go supersize. It's hard for me to watch him go through this. It seems like you're starting to get addicted to it now. You saw these numbers, right? These numbers are outrageous. Unfortunately, you caused some major harm to your heart, your liver, your blood.
1: You're going to die. You'll die. I want more, 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 more. You've got to stop. The greatest thing that happened after that movie is individuals said, I need to take control of my own life. Like as much, because ultimately at the end of the day, a corporation is never going to give a shit about you. A corporation's sole purpose is to make money. That's it. So if you want to feel better, if you want to look better, you want to be healthier, that is all on you. So the sheer number of people that I get stopped by every day who pull pictures out of their wallet and say, look, this was me 100 pounds ago is amazing. You know, really? I get stopped by people constantly are like I stopped eating fast food. I started cooking at home. I go to the gym now every day. I'm like I'm a CrossFit trainer. Like it's, it's awesome how that movie empowered people to make their own lives better. And for me, I think that's the best of all possible worlds.
0: Cool. And what is your next project coming up?
1: We've got an amazing movie. We've got an amazing movie that's premiering in New York City next week. That uh, for the past year, while we were finishing Rats, was also, we had this awesome film called The Eagle Huntress mm-hmm. uh, that we produced. That was directed by a guy named Otto Bell. Um, that is the story of this 13 year old girl named Ashel Pan, whose father bucks 2,000 years of male dominated tradition to teach his young dog how to become an eagle hunter.
0: And are you, I read somewhere that you're doing um, The Life of Sue Menger. Is that true?
1: Yeah, we uh, we optioned uh, the life story of Sue Mengers, so that is uh, that is hopefully something we're going to shoot next year.
0: Cool, because we I had Brian Kello on the show, and that was one of the most interesting talks.
1: Oh, right on! Yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. We're very excited about that book.
0: Well, thank you so much, and for your time, and for this movie, and uh, for freaking us all out.
1: Right on! Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Thank you so much to Mr. Morgan Spurlock. The documentary Rats is a Warrior Poets production in association with the Discovery Channel. And thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at PodPopCulture or on Instagram, PopCultureConfidential. And you can find our backlog and the latest episodes on PopCultureConfidential.com. The show was edited by Tom Hansen, theme music by Carl Boy, and produced by Rene Witterstedt and myself. I'm Christina Jörling Biro.